Hey guys, it's Shelby and welcome back to Lash Boss Radio. Today, I've got Leah Juhas, the founder of Leah Lash, and you guys probably recognize her on Instagram as Leah Lash Pro. She's always posting a tip or some sort of video and she's got fiery red hair so you can't mess her. Uh, she's got some pretty strong credentials. She has won quite a few awards in our industry and is now a judge herself and that's actually how I met her. Um, we met in Miami last year at the Beauty Factor, and we both judged the same category. So uh, she was really fun to hang out with and talk to, and I'm really glad she's doing the show today. And um, she's also, I'm not done, (laughs) she's also a speaker. And so if you're going to any conferences this year, you may see her speaking. Um, And she's also on the board of advisors for NALA, which is the National Association of Lash Artists, if you weren't aware. Um, And then also, she recently came out with her own line of tweezers and is sounds like she's continuing to develop her professional line, which will be really exciting to see what else she's got coming. Um, so basically, she's just all around killing it in our industry. So naturally, I had to have her on the show. Uh, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoy. And if you're listening, make sure to tag Lash Boss Radio and also Leah Lash Pro on Instagram. And without further ado, here is Leah. All right, Leah, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to finally have you on. We've been talking about it for like a year now, so it's about time. I am I'm super, super excited. Thank you for, so much for having me on the show. Yes, of course. Um, so let's get started with uh, just how you entered into the industry, like what got you into lashes in the first place? Well, I used to be a hairstylist back in the days. I was actually in the beauty industry since I was 17 years old. And when I was working at a hair salon, my boss hired a lash lady to come train all the estheticians. And they offered me if I wanted to take the course. And at that time, I was just looking to gain more knowledge and um, upgrade services for clients and educate them on lashes. But I did not plan that for it to take over my life the way that, that it did. <laughs> Yeah, I know. And you've become like such a big name in our industry. And, um, and I, and it's not like even like an overnight thing. Like I've noticed you for a long time in our industry. And, um, I feel like now you, you're just so consistent on social media and you're very helpful to everyone. And, um, I know you're teaching so much this year. And so how do you feel like you, like your journey, got from just like starting out to now like can you kind of walk us through like each little stage well I honestly didn't make long-term plans I did not plan to to get to where I am what I like doing is I like making short-term goals and then when I accomplish them it just motivates me to move on move over to bigger and better things and I don't think that people realize how much work and dedication and consistency it takes to progress in your career. And like you said, you know, a lot of people are just joining social media now and they are noticing me and everybody else. And they think it is an overnight success, but it does not happen overnight at all. Yeah. So give an example of like a short-term goal that you gave yourself whenever you first started out. Well, when I first started, I was actually a single mom. I had only $27 in my bank account. I was broke. I was washing off a futon. I was relying on a window light for for lighting. Um, it was really, really hard. So my short-term goal was just um, to get booked with clients. And mm-hmm. there was only one other option, either make it or make it. There was 
there was nothing else. Mm-hmm. So what I did is I just started doing clients first to to uh, practicing obviously models, trying to become um, good at doing lashes. And once I became good at it, my short term goal was just to book myself up that I don't have to worry about how I'm going to pay my bills. Right. And now, like, what what type of goals do you say? Like, what would that look like now for you? Well, after I got all my clients, and I I had like almost like a two year expiry date. So when I do lashes, like I did classics for two years, then I got bored of it. Then my next level was do volumes. Then I got bored of it. Then <laughs> so afterwards, I'm like, okay, so now let me try doing teaching. Let me try doing private training. I did it two years again. I got bored of it. So my next term, my next goal was trying to do group trainings. And again, it's like, it's always progressing. Like whenever I achieve something, I love setting new goals. And I love this industry because the limits are, there is no limits. You can go any direction you want. You can become whoever you want. There's so much, so much room for growth in this industry. It's it's amazing. I'm in love with it. Yeah. Um, So talk to me a little bit about your trainings. Um, I know that you had... um, You've you've done a few different kinds. Um, so tell me what you have available right now. Well, I actually cut out a lot of my trainings and I decided to focus on the one thing that I'm really passionate about, one thing that I love the most. I love group trainings. I love having um, all different types of people in a class. And I like the fact that it's two-day trainings. Uh, mm-hmm. I used to offer one-day trainings before and I felt that um, the amount of knowledge and information and even the business aspect of it and photoshopping, editing and all of that, the amount of knowledge that I had to offer was not possible to give to the students all in one day. So I felt like while I was training, I would all, almost develop um, anxiety, right? Mm, yeah. So Because every, everything was so rushed. And I realized that I don't believe in that. I believe in maximum information and giving students the fullest um, experience on all the information that will not only teach them how to do lashes, but how to get their business going, you know, in social media and in everything, you know, you have to wear a lot of the hats in this industry. So I do like to touch base on all of those things. And that's why right now I offer two types of trainings for beginners, which is classics and volumes for the ones that are looking to advance their lashing into the next level. Nice. And you recently came out with your line of tweezers, and I know you're going to be expanding your professional line. Can you talk to us about um, why you decided to do your own line versus um, like using anything else? Uh, well, I started working on the line of products over two years ago, and I didn't realize how long it was going to take to to master it there's so many things that so many bumps in the road that i've encountered and a lot of times you do feel like you're at the verge of giving up but i i stuck through it i'm so close to the end so close to launching and i'm glad i'm glad i pushed through it but at the time i just i could not find lashes that were up to my standards i did find you know the ones that i liked but maybe they were international the shipping would take too long or maybe they would be like inconsistent or maybe they would change their own manufacturers. So mm-hmm. I decided to get something that I believe in that me as a lash artist, and I'm very, very picky about everything that I use. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, I didn't want to use one brand. I wanted to pick good things from all different types of manufacturers and create Leah lash brands. I love that. And um, do you have any advice for, Uh, Going back to like training, do you have any advice for someone who um, is kind of trying to choose like 
what lash training to go to and um, just kind of not sure who to pick since everyone's a trainer now? Well, I think that it's really important to not only research the company that you're training with, but to research the educator. Because sometimes, even though the company may be reputable, the educator themselves might not have as much experience as another educator in the company. So I think it's really important to see how long they have been in the industry themselves, how long they have been lashing for, how many trainings have they taken themselves, uh, their reputation, the reviews, obviously. I think it's really important to kind of look how far they've come, you know, like if they are known in the industry or not, because chances are you have a higher chance of succeeding if you take a training from somebody that is successful. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, there's people that are not as successful are bad trainers, but I think, like I said, it's not just about doing lashes. It's about the whole business aspect and the mental state that you have to program yourself to be in in order to take yourself to new levels. And I, unfortunately, like I do believe that, you know, a $600 training might not be able to offer you the best advice than a training that's over a thousand dollars to $2,000 can. So, yeah. And then as far as say, you know, they purchase a training and they, um, they're going to attend. How do you feel like a student can make the most out of that experience? I think it's really important to take notes during training and every advice that I'm going to give you right now, it's based on my observation of students. And I've trained over 400 students at this point. I've been training for three years. And I've noticed that a lot of times people come to the class and they pay attention, but they don't take notes. They don't make videos. They just they think that they're able to um, process all that information and then go home and remember everything. And that's not the reality. You, you have so much information that you gather d- during the training. And a lot of the information you will not remember. Um, a week, a month, a year from now. So number one thing I recommend is take notes during the trainings, take videos, if obviously uh, the training permits you to do that. Reread the manual. I've noticed a lot of people, they, they, my students, you know, they will contact me asking things that are already in the manual. So I think rereading the manual, especially after you have already been trained, it's going to, number one, refresh your memory. But number two, you're going to understand things from a new perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, Practicing, definitely practicing two to three times a week at least. Uh, definitely set goals and timelines because I feel like if you just take a training and you don't have goals, you're almost, you're going to flow mm-hmm. and you're less likely to achieve things as opposed to having a strict timeline. Let's say, okay, I want to start doing clients in three to four months from now. So I'm going to book myself off and I will be consistent with doing models on, let's say, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. Mm-hmm. So when you have when you set goals and timelines, you are more likely to uh, achieve those goals. Then, if you have any questions, I highly, highly recommend contacting the educator. Your educator. Most of the trainings do offer ongoing support. If they don't, uh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> and I feel that also a lot of students are impatient. They think that just because you take a training with a reputable trainer, then that's it. You're already a magician you can just make magic happen with lashes and that's Mm -hmm. not the reality it does take a lot of work it does take time it takes experience patience and persistence so all these things if people take advice they will definitely definitely um achieve great results and what about so i feel like the hardest time um in someone's lash career which is 
arguable, but uh, one of the most difficult times is when you're a classic artist and you've been killing it doing classics and you're super booked with your clientele already just in classic. And then you want to start offering volume. So you attend a volume training and, um, to your surprise, it's not, you're not getting it as quick as you thought. And maybe your clients are already expecting you to come back and start offering it right off the bat. So how do you, um, do you have advice for artists that, uh, they need to transition to doing volume from classic and things that can help them? I actually have great advice for that because you just described me. (laughs) So um, number one thing is people think that volume are, it is an add-on to the service in eyelash extensions, but people don't realize that it's a completely different technique. So they think that because they're fast, they have experience in classics, they think they just take a volume and boom, they're going to have, they're going to be super fast at doing volumes as well, which is not the case because it is a new technique it's you're pretty much going all over from the beginning learning a completely new set of lashes and you pretty much don't even know how to lash that's how you Mm -hmm. feel and i find that a lot of artists that have been lashing for years they get very discouraged because you forget what it's like to be be a beginner because you're already an expert so what i did is what i recommend my students to do and everybody else is when you learn how to do volumes for the first time practice every single day for at least 15 minutes not, I wouldn't even say more than that, only 50 minutes just to make fans. So every single day for a month, after one month, you're going to be a professional fanner, as yeah. I like to call it. So if you practice every single day for 50 minutes, you're going to get speed. So that way, at least when you do models, you don't spend half the time making fans and then trying to fight on this client. So you're going to be much faster at making fans as you're doing your models. So if you are solid booked, uh, you will have to take time off. You will have to book yourself out of the schedule in order to practice doing models. Because if you just start offering it as a service, you will take legit four and a half, sometimes even five hours to do a set of volumes, which obviously clients cannot lay down for that long. So if you book yourself off every single week for at least like one day or half a day to do models, you will become faster. You will gain experience. You will gain uh, confidence. You will be able to build your portfolio. And as you practice every single month, every single month for, let's say, four clients a month, you by three months, you already have 12 clients. And I think with that number, you should have... There's nothing to hold you back from offering it as a service. Now, when I did start, when I did start um, transitioning myself from classics to volumes, I didn't really have space to take on new clients, even when I did become faster doing volumes. Because... Like I said, I was booking a month in advance for for classics. And I knew that I believed in volumes so much. I love the look. They last longer. They feel fluffier. Uh, The maintenance is way less than classics. So I knew it was was, um, a service that I wanted to offer and that I had basically no choice but to cut the classics out of the menu in order to provide volume services. So what I did with my regular clients is I told them that I would offer them a full set of volumes for the price of classics. Mm-hmm. So not one single one of them uh, turned that offer away pretty much. Maybe one or two, but most of them, they loved the offer because they all, at that point, I already had a portfolio. I could show them my work, what it looks like. And I really sat down and educated each and every one of my clients on what volumes are and why they would benefit them. And I did kind of convince them into volumes because volumes <laughs> is a new way to go. Yeah. <laughs> Once you go volumes, you don't go back. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know how it is. Yeah. So... At that point, 
like I said, I just started becoming better and better and faster and faster. And I started offering it as a service. And I had a timeline. I had a deadline of how long I will offer classics. And then I told them, like, let's say, for example, I don't know, September 1st, I will no longer offer classics. I will only start offering volumes. Because my clients were all addicted at that point, I pretty much had almost full-based clientele. And if some of them didn't, because some of them, um, most of them, they were coming less often than they usually would. Like let's say classic, they come every two to three weeks. Mm-hmm. For volumes, they were coming every like three and a half to four weeks for pills. Mm-hmm. So now I had room and availability to take on new clients that did want to come and get the volumes. And another thing that I did is I started, um, I did a promotion for a limited time only. I told myself for six months, I will be charging a certain price. And then after six months, I will have a, a regular volume price. So this way, I didn't have that guilt feeling of raising my prices. Mm-hmm. And also, if let's say like my fans were a little bit inconsistent or they were closing up or had retention issues, that price difference justified the level that I was at. I uh, The whole time you're explaining this this answer, I was smiling because you're such an Aries, like the way that you, um, (laughs) (laughs) represent, represent, (laughs) um, the way that you're talking about how you give your own self, like no one is telling you, it's just, you are telling your own self, like these little, basically what you said in the beginning, like you gave yourself little goals, uh, to achieve and there is no other way around it. Yeah. You're like competing with yourself and exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Um, speaking of competing with people, uh, what do you think about, uh, there's a lot of artists in, you know, my classes, they'll, they'll come in and they'll say, well, in my area, you can't charge that. Or the people in my area, they're doing, uh, this for $85 or something. What is your answer to someone who thinks that their area is saturated or it, it may be like, what do you, what do you say to that? I think that As I mentioned earlier, a lot of people focus on learning how to do lashes, but they don't learn business. And that's when the whole business mindset comes in. I feel that people are trying to set one price for all the lash artists and all the clients out there. And that's not the reality. Mm -hmm. There's different brackets of clients, you know, and there's different brackets of artists as well. You have your beginner artist, you have your intermediate artist, and you have your experts. And based on your level of experience is what you should charge. And every single level will have its own clientele. I love to use cars as, as an example. No offense to anyone if they're driving Hondas. I used to drive a Honda as well. But there's always going to be Hondas and Ferraris. Yeah. You know, So the Honda people are not buying Ferraris and Ferrari people are not buying Hondas. So yeah. you have to understand that and you have to accept that. And you have to decide what category you want to be in based on your level, how booked you are, your experience, um, any awards, and obviously your clientele. So how would you, if you're in a Honda, how would you get a Ferrari? Like, what do you suggest for someone who wants that type of clientele? What do they need to be doing? I think your work definitely has to be at that level. I think your how booked you are is what's going to tell you kind of um, what category you need to be in. If you are struggling to book, that might be one of the reasons. Actually, it's not it's not just the level of experience. If you're struggling to book, and I will touch base upon that in a little bit, but another reason might be that you're not advertising well enough or maybe you don't have a portfolio. But if you are, for example, an inexperienced lash tech and you're charging, trying to charge uh, high-end, chances are that's not going to happen. 
So you do need to, that comes with experience, that comes with levels. So with me, when I first started doing lashes, I started charging $95 for a set of lashes and I struggled to get a clientele. And then I lowered my prices to $75 and people still weren't coming. And then I'm like, oh my God, what can I do? Let me go down to 65 and people still weren't coming. So at that point, I realized it's not about the client. It's about me. My work sucked so bad that people didn't want to come to me no matter how low the price was. Mm-hmm. You know, so instead of lowering the prices, instead what I did is I stepped back and I practiced. I practiced until my work actually started looking good. And then, like I said, within four months, I was solid booked. And then as you like the more experience you have, the more practice uh, you have, the more trainings you have, um, your work just starts looking better and better and better. And the more you obviously, the more booked you are, the more you can charge and the nicer your work looks. Uh, what can they be doing on social media to make them stand out from everyone else in their area? So when it comes down to social media, I think social media is a crucial thing to have and to really push your business through. It's, it's definitely the new age of marketing. So um, unfortunately, Instagram has changed a lot since I first started watching. Now it does have the algorithm. I feel that a lot of students are scared to post too much because they, they're scared to annoy the client. But they don't realize that out of what you post, only I believe it's 7 to 10% actually gets seen by your audience. Mm-hmm. So you have to find ways to beat the system, beat the algorithm. Uh, number one thing that you need to do uh, to optimize basically your page and your exposure is I definitely recommend videos. Because videos, the... First of all, it's real. It's very raw, right? So if you take mm-hmm. good videos and post them, more audience are going to stay on your page as opposed to scrolling through pictures. I don't know if you ever scroll through Instagram. Like you don't, you look at it for like half a second and then you keep on going. But videos, you stay on the yes. on the person's page for longer. So yes. that will definitely help boost the algorithm. Um, number two is definitely consistency. Uh, staying consistent. I would recommend at least every single day, one to three pictures to post. And I find that a lot of people think this is too much, but honestly, this is the way to get both solid. Because if you don't post all the time, what's going to happen is you are irrelevant. People don't know that you exist, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of people, the way that they shop now for new businesses is they do shop online. You know, they don't they don't go around town driving, go around town driving looking for lash salons. They type in, let's say, Toronto lashes, and that's how they find their um, what do you call it? They're lash artists. Um, another thing is don't post just to post. Post with a purpose. So show value to your con- uh, show value in your content. So what is going to what are you trying to do? Like if for example me, back in the days I was just trying to get clients, so I would post a lot of lash pictures, different angles, how clients look. Now I'm not trying to get clients. I'm trying to get students. So instead of posting all clients' pictures, I'm posting more educational content. So that way. Um, I'm targeting towards students. And when I give them knowledge and information that they feel like they can benefit from, they're more likely to trust me and to have me at the back of their head as a potential educator. Um, Think about your target market, as I mentioned before. Um, What kind of clients do you want to get? So if, let's say, you are a young lash artist and you do like very uh, long and dramatic lashes, chances are you're going to be targeting girls that are like 17 to 23 years old. And me, like I used to do that. I used to be like all 
go drama or go home <laughs> type of a lash artist. But then afterwards, my style changed. I toned it down. I like them very full, very fluffy. I don't like them too long. So I've noticed when I switched my style, my clients, I started getting a different clientele. I was getting more like nurses and uh, teachers and other self-employed women and stuff like that. More like uh, entrepreneurs and stuff like that. So um, design, social media is, design is really, really important. So you have to think about uh, even branding. Like let's say you have a certain colors, color scheme, you have certain fonts that you want to use and stay it, keep it consistent throughout all of your posts. Yeah. Even like if like, let's say you want your page to be more pink themed or if you want to like black and gold or silver, whatever you want, stay consistent with that. And definitely I would recommend um, book time off to plan your social media. There is a lot of uh, apps nowadays where you can pre-plan all of your posts. Uh, some of them are planally plan. The one I personally love is called Preview. Um, um, there's there's plenty of them nowadays. So I would definitely recommend booking off like uh, two to three days a month to just plan your content. So that way you can pre-schedule them and you don't feel like you're, you're rushed to post anything. Because I see a lot of people just posting like, roses and pineapples and i feel that that's really irrelevant when it comes to thank you yeah (laughs) (laughs) no offense to anyone yeah oh my god yeah but no it i mean you can still you can still go in the color scheme that of your choosing but it be um on you know if you look at my page, Pink Lady Lash, you'll see a lot of pink, but you notice that everything has a purpose. It's not just like a pink popsicle or a pink dog or whatever it is. Exactly. It's like, it's a pink background of a review that someone wrote, or it's a pink background of like a true or false lash myth or something like that. You know what I mean? Exactly. And you yeah. always have to think about what is your purpose? Is your purpose just to post pretty pictures on Instagram or is your purpose to attract clients? Right. So when you think about your purpose, you're more likely to post with that purpose. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, uh, how many hours, uh, like a month or a week do you, I know you said you put like someone should put aside a couple of days a month to planning their feed, how many hours would you say that you personally devote to social media? Um, <laughs> I'm still trying to find a system. I'm giving advice to people, but that doesn't mean I take my own advice. Yeah. So I'm still trying to stay consistent with um, organizing my schedule and stuff. Yeah. But I would definitely say like even half a day every two weeks, I feel like that's more than enough. Yeah. And another thing that I do recommend is I think that quality pictures of uh, of lash work is crucial. So if you can actually book time off with like, let's say you have a pretty model with nice eyes, nice lashes that you know that when you do the lashes, you love it and it's your passion, you're more likely to take um, beautiful pictures and more angles and even like video recordings of like different angles. Mm-hmm. So that will definitely like give you better portfolio work. I like that. And do you write your captions on the spot or do you plan those too? All those apps that I mentioned earlier, most of them, if not all of them, they do give you that option to write your captions on there. So it really depends. I feel that sometimes I'm trying to write a caption and it's just not coming to me. I'm just not into it. If you feel that way, I would recommend just leave it alone. Don't force it because you would just talk gibberish in your post. Yeah. But if you like, sometimes you're more creative. Like a lot of the times, like when I, when, um, honestly, when was I like, 
at Starbucks sometimes or like I'm waiting in a line for something and I just, my creativity just sparks on. Mm-hmm. I, I just write them in there. I just write, a, write it in my notes or wherever on my, on my apps. I write the captions and then I just keep it on there for whenever it's ready to be posted. Nice. Sometimes um, like the day before, because I plan my feed as well, but um, the captions I end up not planning ahead of time. Um, but what I'll do is like the day before, most times I'll write out the caption. And then the next day when I'm ready to post, I look at it and I'm like, do I like this? Do I want to edit it? And then I post it once it's perfect. But that's what I do. I don't know. Exactly. That's a really good idea. Yeah. Um, thank you. But um, what about... Um, so what do you do if you're feeling like you're not... You mentioned this earlier, like um, kind of what happened to you. But when you're not getting booked, uh, what things should you be looking at or aware of? Um, there's many answers for them. One of them is, this might be a little bit harsh, but it may be the truth. I feel that some people enter the industry because of the money. There's a lot of people advertising that you can make six figures doing lashes and you can definitely, but just because the numbers there doesn't mean that you will be able to get those numbers. Because if you don't have the passion, if you don't love what you do, your chances are you're not going to be able to give it your best all. So number one thing is it might be the lack of passion. I feel that a lot of people are entering this industry because of the money and not necessarily because of them actually liking and enjoy doing lashes. So lack of passion will definitely affect your drive and your motivation. And every single business, anything that you do, you will encounter bumps in the road. And you will, you might even like struggle to become booked. But if you don't have that passion, you're less likely to look for solutions and to think of alternatives as opposed to just making it seem like it's beyond your control and there's nothing you can do. Um Another thing that can happen is uh, if you target everybody as opposed to a specific audience, that might affect who you're trying to get. I've noticed that I went through a point where I was following a lot of pages on my lash account and I was trying to follow. I didn't realize it, but subconsciously I was doing what everybody else was doing. Like I was looking at my friends that like are so successful and like they're doing uh, artistic artistic work and very like advanced styling. And then I was looking to those local lash artists that are just booking left and right all these uh students and they're making a lot of money but their courses are cheap and not um not as good right so i felt that i was trying to compete with both of them and trying to do what both of them do and that was affecting my business and i felt that my business slowed down because i didn't choose a particular niche a particular clientele that i want to satisfy Mm -hmm. so actually what i did and i feel that this has honestly saved my career I literally stepped away and I stopped looking at what other people are doing. And I actually created, nobody knows about this account, but another account where I only follow people that inspire me. And they're not in the lash world at all. There are other makeup artists, other photographers, videographers, bloggers, YouTubers, all all these people that inspire me. And honestly, it has opened up a completely new part of my brain, this creative part of a brain where what I'm doing, I'm not following or doing what everybody else is doing or what I think that I should be doing according to the lash industry. I'm doing what I want to do. And that's when my, my passion came back. And that's when I felt that within literally, I've struggled to book my trainings at one point when I was targeting everybody. And then when I decided exactly what I want to do within two weeks, full on 
uh, sold out trainings. So wow. I think, yeah, I think that's really, really important is to have the passion and to decide exactly what you want to do and have a plan, have a goal and have a purpose. Another thing that can uh, prevent you from getting booked solid is lack of advertisement. I see there's a lot of lash artists that their work is so beautiful, so good. But the last time they ever posted a picture was three months ago. So if people don't know about you, if they don't know that you're talented, if they can't see your work, how are they going to know to come to you? So lack of advertisement is definitely really, really important. Also, lack of experience. Um, like I said, I've struggled a lot in the beginning to get a clientele because I sucked. Once I took a step back, once I practiced more, I was able to provide value. My work was starting to look better and more. And clients were, I was becoming more irresistible to the clients. Another thing, which I think is really important, um, I feel that victims' mentality plays a big role in why people are not becoming booked. Everybody thinks that there's so much lash artists out there and everybody's doing lashes, everyone's getting lashes, everyone's teaching lashes, and they think that it's a situation that is beyond their control. But instead of surrendering yourself to that fact, instead, it should motivate you to try harder, to push yourself harder, to educate more, to see how you can become different, how you can stand out in the industry. Mm. So I think that's that's really important is know that it's not the situation that's beyond your control, but take responsibility in yourself to push yourself harder, to practice more, to yes. take more pictures, to advertise more. And that will definitely help you stand out from the rest. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people, unfortunately, they are lazy and they want to get the rewards without putting in the work. Yeah. You remember Elena at... Um whenever she was at the beauty factor speaking and right before we went to go judge, one of the first things she said was, it's not the glue, it's you. It's the same thing. The victim mentality. Like, yeah, it's exactly being self-aware. Like if ever other people are making it work, like what are you not doing? You know? So exactly. Good point. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, another thing that will prevent you from growing is trying to wear all hats. So I've noticed that, and I'm going to speak from my experience. I've noticed that I've tried to do everything. Like I tried to do um, ordering supplies, making kits, doing lashes, advertising, social media, answering emails, uh, photography, editing. Like when you try to do everything, you you go crazy. You know, it takes over yeah. your life. You, you, you lose your passion. You lose your drive. So at that point, if you feel that you are too busy and you can't do everything, or if you don't have enough experience, such as if maybe social media is in your expertise, then hire on people to do that. Get an assistant to reply to your emails and reschedule or book clients. You can even book, uh, have uh, booking apps, booking apps such as Schedulista or Acuity, and there's many more on the market. They will definitely um, save you that back and forth texting with clients. Mm-hmm. Um, even if, like, let's say you're not good at web design, hire somebody, hire a web designer to do that for you. If you're not good at social media, hire somebody that can... There's social media managers nowadays. I can't believe that's title nowadays, but... <laughs> that's just to show how much it's needed in the market. So if you yeah. feel that you are that it's too much for you, hire on, grow, you know, get get a team together. Those are all really good points. Um I especially love the one about the victim mentality, but I think um one of the biggest things that people fail to realize with social media is that you have to be consistent. I think your following grew so much whenever you started posting a ton more. And when you started doing your videos. And so when you were saying that, I was like, dang, she's speaking from experience because I remember whenever she started like hitting the ground running. So, um, 
and also, you know, people don't make a decision to come book with you just by seeing your page one time or by seeing one of your pictures. It's whenever you keep reminding them every day or just a few times a week, even um, if you can't commit to doing it every day, like just get in their face and remind them like, this is, you know, you need to book your last appointment. Um, and you know, it's, it's something that someone's not going to do the first time, but it might take seven, 10, 12 times, uh, of getting in their face for them to make the decision to come to you. Exactly. And that will actually speak, uh, tell a story that I've encountered in the past. Like I would say last year, I really went through a hardship in my career. So when I started doing trainings, I became so booked with trainings. I was training like, honestly, like four students a week. And it was so exhausting for me. It took so much energy out of me to teach everybody from like ground, literally from the bottom to the top, you know, to put all that energy, all that knowledge into private trainings, especially that I burned out. And yes, Unfortunately, it saddens me to say, but I was chasing money at that point, you know, because you see the money's good and you want to get that kind of money all, all the time, but mm-hmm. that's not reality. So what happened to me is I burned out. I couldn't do it anymore. And I lost my passion. I lost my drive. I stopped posting. I stopped advertising as much because I just, it, it just, it just messed me up mentally. Like I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And then I realized I'm like, what? And at that point, like I stopped posting as much. And I realized that my business slowed down as I stopped posting. And I realized, yeah. I'm like, you know what? Why Why am I doing what I don't like? I don't like private trainings anymore. I used to love teaching, but it sucks all the energy out of me. And that's exactly why I, I decided, I'm like, you know what? I'm completely going to cut out private trainings, completely wipe it off the menu, and just focus on creating the best possible group trainings as I can. And to really help people not just learn how to do lashes, but to grow their business. So I'm, I'm putting a lot of um, information in social media part of my, my trainings and in photoshopping and editing and even the mindset, like the business mindset on how people have to think of it, all the challenges that are going to happen, all the competitions. I'm really focusing and emphasizing that in my trainings. So now I speak with so much love and so much experience and so much passion. So I was able to, it freed up all that time that that I was, doing what I don't like. And now I have the time to advertise more and provide value to the, to the industry and provide content and stuff like that. And because of that, because I did take a step back, I did take a risk. I did take a financial loss, but I know that bigger and way better things are ahead of me because of that. And all you have to do is you need that faith inside of yourself to do that. Just believe that you can and you're unstoppable. So how long of a period do you feel like it was um, that limbo period where you pulled away from private training, which was giving you a lot of the money and you started focusing on building up your other trainings and your content? Um, How long of a period do you feel like that was that you were kind of like, oh my gosh, like I hope this works? I was was still training, um, but I felt it took me like a good year. Like I had a good almost like a full year of doubt and I was lost. I, like the industry was sending me, like I said, mixed messages and I didn't know what I want to do, whether I want to train like all the other artists that had five students in their one day class. Like um, I thought I'm like, is this what, what I should be doing or should I be doing uh, two day trainings and making less money? Like I, I was really, really confused. I didn't know what path to go. Mm-hmm. But then I, I, 
thought about it and I took a step back. I'm like, what is my purpose? Who am I? What is Leah Lash? Like, what, are, what does it stand for? Does it stand for trying to book as much students as possible and getting enough money? Or does it stand for having a good reputation in the industry, creating quality lash artists, you know, and people that are actually going to succeed as opposed to paying a whole bunch of money for training and never touching a set of tweezers again? So it was it was a big mental uh, battle for myself. So mm-hmm. it did take it did take some time for me to get out of it. But like I said, what you have to do is sometimes you do have to take a step backwards in order to step forward. Sometimes you do need to take risks. Sometimes you do need to encounter failures. It's just part of the process. It's part of the business. It, if you want to get to the top, success is built off of failures. But it's what you do with those fail- failures that's going to take you on to the next level. Either you learn from them or you just you just stay in a rut. Right. Um, speaking of failures, do you have a favorite failure? My favorite failure? Oh my God. It, it breaks my heart to talk about it. But I was so solid booked with my clients when I was doing client. And um, instead of opening a salon at that point, I was so scared. I did not have faith in myself. So I moved on to trainings and I just let all that clientele go. Instead, if I opened up a salon and if I hired on people to work for me, I would I would be able to have multiple locations by now. So it really, really breaks my heart. But like I said, it's not about the past, what you did. It's about what you do forward with all those lessons that you learned. So now when I'm scared to do something, I just have to, I have to understand that taking risks is just part of the process and it's just the way it is. Um, that is so crazy because so I did kind of the opposite of you and I did open a salon and then I opened another one and my trainings are actually the thing that hit the back burner. And I envy the trainers that that's all they do is just train. They don't have a salon. They don't have employees and this is their world. And so it's so interesting that a trainer kind of wishes that she had opened a salon as well. Um, but yeah, that's weird. Just to let you know, like it's not all, it's not that great. It's that sounded bad. It's not <laughs> as glamorous as some people make it seem, but yeah. I think I think nothing is. I think a lot of students, you know, they, they look at our pictures and they're like, oh, well, you have this many certificates and this is how much your trainings are and this is how much you make. They have no idea how much it actually goes into it. They have no yeah. idea the preparation, like I said, the mental, the exhaustion, booking, rescheduling, organizing, host, contact, shipping thing. Like it, there's so much things that go into it. And people just think, oh, you know, we're making all this money and life is, like you said, glamorous, but it's, it's a lot of work. And yeah. I think only the ones that are strong enough to pass through the obstacles will make it. Right. So one of the things I wanted to ask about was uh, you are really well-versed in the competition world in our industry. So um, do you have any advice for people who are thinking about getting into competing? Yes, I think a lot of people think that competitions is all about the rewards. I believe it's about the overall experience. Ever since I entered the industry and my first competition, I did not win. But what it did is I got so much feedback from the judges and little notes and tips and tricks. And I was able to apply all that feedback to my work. And ever since I started competing, I got a new set of eyes. I'm able to see um, artistry through a whole new level. I'm able to see... um, asymmetry i'm able to see like consistency i'm able to see so many little tips and tricks like little details in the work that literally 
sets you apart from being just a regular lash lash tech and um, an artist level, like an an expert, you know. So because of that, my work did improve. Um, I did obviously enter more competitions. You know, I went to Victor Duregat. Uh, I, I was one of the top five finalists in the volume category. I have been two years in a row, first place Canadian championship and champion in volumes as well. So because of that, I obviously, like I said, you can charge more, you get more exposure. Second of all, opportunities. Mm-hmm. Ever since I got all these awards, I had been invited to to judge other competitions that have been like honestly I'm at a point where I had to turn them down because I cannot attend all of them. But I have been, you know, a speaker at conferences and stuff and the opportunities just come your way. And I think it's I think it's beautiful, you know, to become recognized in the industry. And I do I I'm never gonna forget what it was like starting out. I'm never gonna forget what it was like to be a beginner. I'm never gonna forget what it's like to struggle. So I think to setting example, uh, being a leader in the industry and being a motivation and an inspiration. I think it's a beautiful, beautiful feeling to have people on a daily basis sending emails, DMing me. And it honestly, it, it, it melts my heart. It melts my heart that I, I am able to leave an impact in the industry. Such yeah. As yeah. And, um, that's how I met you as we judged, um, last year at the beauty factor. And, um, are you judging the, the world series before the IBS are you? Yes. I'm judging, I'm judging Vegas, uh, in a couple of days. And I'm also judging, um, Miami as well, the beauty factor. So I think I'm going to see you on both. (laughs) Yeah. Yay. Cool. Um, but yeah, it's really cool. You, um, getting into this, that competition world is just, I think it, it, it just makes you step up your game and you meet so many people and I think it's really cool. So it does. It does definitely makes you. It's it's a little bit challenging at first. A lot of people are scared to step out of the comfort zone, but once you do, it's just it's it comes natural afterwards. Like it's not. It, you just gotta pass through that. Just pass through that fear, and then especially competitions. Like, what's the worst that can happen? You don't win. You know, yeah. you learn from it and you try again, and it's okay. It's okay to not win all the time, but it's the experience that you get from it. And like I said, the feedback it will definitely make you look at lash work from a whole new perspective after that. Totally. Um, okay. So last question I have is, do you have a motto or favorite quote? My favorite motto is definitely trust the process and success is built on failures. I think those are the words that whenever I'm feeling discouraged or I feel that I can't get through a challenge, whether it's in life or business or relationships or or friendship, whatever it is, um, know that there's always a part, there's always bumps in the road, there's always obstacles in the way. It's about those obstacles. Are you going to pass them or are you going to turn back? So trust the process. It gives me the strength to go on and to know that these are, this is, it's, it's expected. It's, you're going to encounter that and it's inevitable. But the rain, the sun always comes out after the rain. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening. And before you go, I just have a quick favor to ask of you. If you could please just share on Instagram if you listen to the episode and tag Lash Boss Radio and Leah Lash Pro and let us know that you listened and your thoughts. That would be very much appreciated. And I will be back very soon with the next episode. Thank you.